Can I kick it? Kick it. Oh, wow. Hope everybody's having a great day. Jesse Rogers joins us in the old National Bank State Street Studio. But I still want to take some of these NFL calls. But Jesse came in already talking NFL. He didn't even want to talk baseball. <laughs> he's like you, by the way. He's calling the Chargers San Diego. Yeah. He goes, San Diego. I said, San Diego? What's San Diego? And he goes, ah, oh, L.A., L.A. You know what I, mean? I mean, Mike Williams is out, though. You know, and I made the Chargers minus one and a half one of my best bets of the weekend. I still like the Chargers. And when Mike and I taped the podcast, that news wasn't official yet. Now, I, I was like 50-50 that he was going to play. He didn't practice, but they said he was going to travel. But he has been officially downgraded being ruled out. I mean, Staley really is a knucklehead uh, for playing those guys last week. And I'm a guy that's always like, hey, play him in the preseason. Don't worry about injuries. But once you clinch a playoff spot, that's a little different. And their offense is so much more dynamic when Allen and and, uh, Williams are on the field together. I mean, he really is a knucklehead. I don't know. I I still have some confidence. I like some of the things metrically. The Jags' pass defense is 30th in the NFL in in schedule-adjusted efficiency. So there's still some things I like. I think if they lose, he's gone. Maybe. Maybe I, you know, I, I wish Mike Williams were playing though. I'd feel better about the bet if uh, Mike Williams were playing. Hold on, I'm going to take Scott uh, right. in Aurora real quick because he says he's got a good Trevor Lawrence betting trend. Scotty, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Carl? How you guys doing? How are you, buddy? Good. Hey, I know you're big with trends. Um, just this one came out, and I saw this one. I found this interesting. Trevor Lawrence has never lost a Saturday game <laughs> in high school, college. Or the NFL. <laughs> I did not realize that in my incredibly like detailed that. and copious uh, note-taking that I did not come across that statistic. I never even thought to check it. Scotty, that's interesting. Thank you. You don't make me feel better about my bet either. That Trevor Lawrence has never lost a Saturday game? Ever. <laughs> he loves it's Saturdays. It's interesting. I did not realize that. Well, they won last Saturday. Although, in the advanced box score, I got news for you. He got outplayed by Josh Dobbs. And we're big Trevor Lawrence fans in these parts. Yurko and I talk about it all the time. Top 10 quarterback, any way you slice it, the second half of the season. And I like him a lot. He got outplayed in the advanced box score last week. It took a defensive score late for them to get that yeah, win. I remember. I, I know this has been a topic before, so but I haven't heard you guys on it. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields Trevor this Lawrence. day going forward? Trevor Lawrence. Wow. Yurko you and I have been pretty adamant about that. Right? You guys yeah. are not homers. Lawrence or Fields? I bet March 1st you change your mind. Well, no. We, we always said if you still did the redraft, <laughs> we're still so. taking Trevor Lawrence first. Right. And that this is in the middle of the year. Yeah. Okay. When, when Justin Fields started to roll a little bit. No, I mean, I, believe I you started, obviously. I started to hear the rhetoric. It was out there. Yeah. Right. Oh, if you redid it, Justin Fields would no, be he one. Wouldn't. We said no. No, no he Trevor wouldn't. Trevor Lawrence, absolutely not. You always take the passer over the runner. Always. And right now, he's the better pass. Yes. Because that's going to last much longer than this guy. He had a really anyway, good second half. Uh, Jesse's here. He's just doing TV. Yeah, you look nice. Thank you, Enzo. 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 Enzo custom, custom suits. You I love it. like the stitching on the side. They're beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a good. I like the color you. too. You look good. <laughs> Are you wearing that over to Cubs convention? Yes, I'm. Yeah, your cubby yeah, blue. I'm wearing this. My cubby blue. Uh, yes, because I'm where's, doing where's ABC. The it's at the Sheridan Grant Grant Sheridan Grant Sheridan Grant Sheridan over there, which is is every year. The Grant Sheridan, the one by the NBC Tower. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, they haven't had one in a few years, so right. I think Cub fans are amped up. And it's interesting. Like, are are they excited about the season, or or sort of milk warm about? Like, what? Where do people land on this? And it, because lukewarm, not yeah. milk warm, lukewarm. lukewarm. I know we know what he's yeah. talking do, about. Do do, do you are you excited ass. because they signed <laughs> Swanson and they're building something, or are you like, well, wait a minute, they also signed a reclamation project in center. Hosmer's kind of over oh, over yeah. a little bit. Like, but you're not I, paying I, those I, keep, guys I hear much. from different people 
on this. Like some excitement, and then some are like, oh, they still didn't do enough. Yurko, what do you think? Well, you didn't get Correa, and Correa was still out no. there, right? No. Still had a chance. Minnesota got him back. Right. Well, once so. you signed Swanson, did you? I guess you could always make room for a player like you that. You could but... always do what you needed to yeah, do. That's so, true. Yeah, am I excited? They won 74 games uh, last year, and they went 12-3 and three in their final 15 to get to 74. So am I excited? I'm excited for them to be mediocre this year. Right. 39-31 in the second half yeah. last year. But that's what I'm excited for. But they had to go 12-3 and three in their final 15 to do that in the second half. Yeah, a lot of people still ask me exactly what that plan is. And it, and it gets a little murky when you see a one-year signing, a one-year signing, but mm-hmm. then some core players. And I, and I, I want to remind everybody, look, they foreshadowed exactly how this was going to go several years ago. Do you know what happened on December 29th, 2020? Do you remember what happened? December 29th, 2020. 2020. So we're coming out. That's towards the end of COVID year. That's the first COVID year, right? December 29th, 2020. 2020. Uh, Marquee Network launched. No, no. You wouldn't unless you really, you know, know, remember transactions. That's the day they traded you, Darvish. Now, Uh, two, two things happened there. It signaled the end of contention, so to speak, because... Actually, three weeks earlier, they had DFA'd Schwarber, but Schwarber was coming off a bad year. Darvish was coming off a great year, was in peak form, and they traded him. So that signaled one thing, end of contention, but it also signaled how this thing was going to go the next few years because they didn't trade him for major league-ready talent like Mm -hmm. you might think a starting pitcher of his caliber would bring you back. They traded him for four Teenagers, right. actually, two 18-year-olds, a 17-year-old, and a 20-year-old, I believe he was. They, they, this was going to always be a long-term thing. That move signaled it. And I think Jed, and I mentioned this back in 21, I think Jed was always thinking when my farm system is, is ready to explode is when we're really ready to compete again. Mm-hmm. And we're not quite there. In the meantime, they're adding building blocks. Add a Swanson, add a Suzuki, add a Tyon. But when PCA, P. Crow Armstrong, when yeah. the guy, I mean, think about it. The guy they traded for, the guys they got for Rizzo, Bryant, Bias, none of them have established themselves in the big leagues yet. And obviously the guys they got for Darvish. They're all just sort of building up to something here. And when it's ready, they'll have major league talent, hopefully, and talent to trade for major league talent. I'm not as familiar with the Cubs farm system. Are any of the four minor leaguers they got for Darvish? Like popping? Are they close? Are they rising? Well, I mean, according the, to Tom Ricketts this morning, they've got a top five, top ten farm system. It, it, That's it, what he said it, on it, the air it, today. Right. It is getting there. It is not quite top five. It might be top ten. It depends who you talk to. It's not heavy with top end guys, but it's heavy with good depth. So we could argue: Don't you win championships with top end Chris Bryant types, or do you win with just a, 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 the the mm. quantity of good prospects? Um, the answer to your question is the Darvish guys are advancing. A couple of them in particular, this guy named Owen Casey. Okay. But none of them are surefire rookie of the year candidates in two years. You know, it's they are advancing. Yes. There's Matt Mervis you've heard about. Oh, He's God. hit all Sylvie those home runs. Love, Sylvie loves, right. So there's guys that are ready to get there, you know, sort of. But none of them are, are you know, PCA is probably a year away. Well, he's a recognizable one. He's, he's, yeah, probably he's a year the away. center field in waiting. This is why Bellinger was only signed for right. one year. He's the guy in waiting. Matt Mervis, hopefully the guy in waiting at first, no guarantee there. He was unsigned, uh, undrafted free agent, though it was 2020, only five rounds. So this is what's going on. Sort of building blocks here and there, waiting for the farm system to pop. And pop means at the major league level or to trade to other teams for major leaguers that are established. All right. And so. And- 
And it Ricketts, is what it is. Ricketts is doing the Q&A for the first time in a few years? Yeah, he's, he's doing the done. Q&A tomorrow. It's a full day. Ricketts, uh, you know, Jed Hoyer has his own session. David Ross, obviously. Um, all of them, you know, and it'll be interesting to see. I, it's always good to gauge what, how the fans are thinking, not just media members. I think they're going to get some really tough questions, and they're going to get some, hey, um, I like what you're doing type of questions. You know, I think mm-hmm. you have to have competing thoughts in your head about the Cubs. Kind of like they're building blocks, yet it's still going to be a slow process. And here's the final thing I've said to you guys before. We're in an era of elite teams. The 10 to 12, you know, yeah. the 12 playoff teams. There's elite Philly, the Mets, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres. The How do you jump into that level? The Cubs aren't close to doing that. They're much closer to maybe attacking St. Louis. But you want to take that next level, and they're still a ways away. And I think the White Sox are trying to jump into that elite level. I don't know how they think they're going to do it with uh, the kind of offseason they had. Well, I like Benintendi a lot. I do, too. I think Benintendi helps. I do. Tell me if you disagree. But what is Benintendi at at the end of the day? A two-and-a-half win player? But tell me, I almost think pound-for-pound, dollar-for-dollar, Benintendi's as good of a signing as Swanson. Again, dollar-for-dollar, pound-for-pound, especially for the White Sox. They needed a left-handed they need lefty. bat. They needed a better outfielder in left. They checked off a couple boxes there. You get a lawyer to been in a, in a winning situation. Been in a big market. Yeah, I, I like that signing a lot. It's a good signing. I like it. I do. I like Benintendi. I mean, but it's not. No, I know. Look, neither team. It's went not out. a lot of the things they could have done if they just had a willingness. Think about this. Neither team. We're thinking. Neither team went out and got the best no. position player available at their position. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That you need. The Cubs didn't get the best center fielder. That was probably Brandon Nemo. They yeah. didn't get the best first. They let the best player behind the plate go. Yes. Catcher. You know, the White Sox went out. They didn't get Aaron Judge. They got Ben Intendi. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, sure yes, didn't. there's something left for either uh, team to sort of, uh, this offseason, you, you look back and say they didn't get this guy, they get that guy. But I do like the signings they made. And then look, the Sox are counting on Pedro Grafal to bring out the best I of these hope. guys. Uh, Hendricks, uh, Liam Hendricks, you hearing anything? I yeah, mean, how it's I just going got or... a little update this morning. Uh, you know, just Wish him the best, man. Someone close to him, just overwhelmed with all the support, and so far so good is, okay. the, is what I got. That's good. Obviously, you can't even put a timetable on his You just return. can't, not, not for a few months anyway. You know, I, I, I was texting with Graveman's agent. I go, I guess, you know, your guy's going to get some safe chances. He's like, I think so. You know, like, yeah. it's all sort of be worked out. Garrett Crochet's return is going to be huge. Maybe goes into that role, right, or in some more prominent role than just sort of easing him back into some middle relief thing. You ever see anything like uh, quite like this Correa thing? I mean, this is pretty wild. No, I even even called him. First of all, guys, in the minors in 2014, right? Like, and then I just looked. He was a rookie in 2015. He was rookie of the year, right? Carlos Correa is sixth in baseball. In wins above replacement since 2016, uh, 2015. He's been like one of baseball's best players, and now they're worried about well, they're worried, ankle they're worried about they're worried about eight years from now. That's what they're saying. Yeah. It's the degenerative part of this thing mm. years down the road. That's why it's a guarantee of even six with Minnesota, who was wow. just I think Minnesota would have done a lot to bring him back. You know, in terms of accepting the physical, which they they basically did. I I called Tim Kirchin after when it went down. I said, "You've been around a lot longer." He's like, I've never seen anything like this. Not like this, with such a high-profile name and the two big markets and big teams with two huge deals that both then fell apart because of a surgery that happened in 14. And I don't know if you saw the Boris, you know, the the press conference with Scott Boris. He said simply this: "It's the difference between doctors that know an athlete that that saw him every day and others that just looked at an MRI." Right. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I don't know if there's some truth to that, Yurko. You might know better than I do, but. 
That's the way they view yeah, it. The, the, uh, the medical staff's job is to protect the team from something that's coming in, right? Yeah. And you are right. When you're younger, it's easier to get through things. When you're older, that's when things start to develop. That's what they're worried about? Yeah. That's what it's the Mets crazy. and Giants. So but the that's twins, what their doctors the twins, are there for, to the, stop them from making a mistake, maybe. Yeah, and the Twins say, hey, we saw him every day last year. We looked at him. We know what he... Right. what this leg's all about, and we think it's going to be okay. But remember, they only put it for six years as right. well. Yeah. He's got to get 575 plate appearances in that sixth six year. Six years to vest? Okay. Um, and now, then what, I think the seven-year deal then? There's think, one extra deal on it? No, there's four more years on it. Oh, there's four more? Yeah. So it's six, and then it vests for the final four? I believe that's Is that right. what it is? Yeah. Wow. Yep. So I think the Mets were willing to rework some things, but not at, at the way that the Twins were willing to do oh, okay. it. Okay. Twins were more willing to sort of take oh, the risk. Wow. Wow, it's, um, it's wild. Man. Yeah, no one, no one's ever seen anything like this. It's, it's one of the reasons agents hate when agreements leak before mm. the player takes the physical. Mm. That, yeah, but do couple, the agents leak it sometimes? Well, they do. Some don't. Mm. So, like uh, some don't. I won't say. Oh, but there's a couple Does agents Boris that, leak it. It seems no, Boris like he, doesn't care. He'll leak. That's it. That's what I'm saying. He Boris, he'll 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 get mad about it. Boris probably out there leaking it because it makes him look good. Look at the deal. But there's other agents that hate hate when it leaks because then their guy fails the physical and everything blows up. That's crazy. So. Um, yeah, a lot of excitement over at the Grand Sheridan today, I'm assuming. Hey, you're all the weekend. Convention. Jesse's there. Yep. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Good, good seeing you, guys. Pal. All right. Jesse I'll Rogers. Follow him on uh, Twitter. And, of course, read all the stuff at ESPN.com. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Yurko, it's good to have a... Power right arm and finish second in Cy Young voting. You know why? Why? You get a nice increase in your pay. Well, the bump. White Sox have avoided arbitration with Dylan Cease. He's, a, you know, his first year arb eligible. Right. And uh, he picked a good time to go out and have a great year. Uh, so Dylan Cease will go from making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in twenty twenty two, a hell of a year, to make seven fifty, right? To five point seven million. That's a jump, my friend. That's a jump. Yeah, that's a nice little uh, bump in pay. $5.7 million, uh, one-year deal for Dylan Cease as they avoid arbitration. They also did the same with Giolito. Remember last year they were arguing over like hundred k with Giolito? Mm-hmm. Luckily, it won't go to that. We're going to go to a hearing. It's not going to happen this year. I think $10 million was the number they agreed to uh, with Giolito. Unfortunately, his jump is not nearly as good because his season was not nearly as good. Uh, and that's the way that works. Yes, I think it was just over 10... When it comes to arbitration. ...million for the year for Lucas Giolito. Yeah. Eric, when you were gone and Sylvia and I were doing shows together, we did the uh, we were ranking our, our 10 Chicago sportsmen of the year. Uh, 10 Chicago yeah. sportsmen of the year. Yeah. Right before the end of the year. Who do you think, like, one and two is pretty obvious, right? It was like, we just had them flip-flopped. The, I think anybody's order is going to have Cease and Justin one and two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sylvie made a compelling argument for Justin because what, like the promise of what he potentially means. I still went just like strictly on merit. Like Dylan Cease was one of the probably five best pitchers in baseball last year. Yeah, you know, I mean, how'd, was you, get ten, how'd you get the ten players? York, it, it wasn't easy. That's the first thing I'm thinking. After those two, I'm York, starting to it, work hard. It wasn't easy. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like we did the list, and it was like Demar Derozan was up. Demar there. was on there. I had Zach on my list, and Sylvie didn't. Yeah. Believe it or not. DeMar was on there. I had Zach on there. Yeah, I mean, I had, I still had Kane. Or, I mean, Kane still had. You know, Patrick Kane can still play. I mean, he can flat out still play. Still I put mean, points on a very bad team. But, man, it's it, it wasn't easy. You're not kidding. You're yeah. Like, Anybody from the sky on there? Yeah, <laughs> Sylvie did have Candace Parker. And I don't think she really, like, 
I've been to games over there. I've taken my daughter. Um, I mean, there's like a pop when she's on the floor. There is that team's just good. I mean, they've got a talented team. They really are good and they're competitive. They won the championship a couple years ago. They came up a little bit short last year, but they're good. And she like she gets that place going when she's in. Like, I mean, she really does move she gets the needle. Pumping. She does. She does. And she's a star. I mean, she is. You see, she's on TV a lot. She's really good. So Sylvie did have her on the list. But you're you're not kidding. It, it was not, we both looked at each other. And said the same, like, Sylvie thought of it on that Wednesday. And then the last day we were together on the Thursday, we said, we'll reconvene Thursday. We'll make our list Wednesday night. We both got in Thursday. We looked at each other and went, was there that cup? wasn't an easy list. I had uh, Contreras on there, you know, because he had a good year. He got paid, even though it wasn't here. Sylvie had Ian Happ, your guy Ian Happ, which I think is yeah. fair. Is Happ coming back? Happ's back, yeah, yeah. Happ's back? Ian Happ's back. Uh, is he an arbitration guy? What's his, I, I'm trying to think, like, okay, where he I'm is I'm trying today. to think, too. I don't know. Forgive me. I'm not always as brushed up with all the Cub players. Excuse me. Um, That's because there's so many different ones. Well, I believe uh, he's ARB eligible, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Third year arbitration eligible, of course. He made six point. Last year, he made six point eight five million, Yerk. Um, but he probably went out and had his best year. Don't you agree? Oh. I mean, I think he definitely had his best what, year last what, what year. Was his war, Carm? His war last year what was his OPS plus. His baseball reference war, Yurko, was easily the best of his career, and it was very good. It was 4.4. 4. Okay. That's a heck of a uh, war number. His OPS plus was not the best of his career, right? but, but his, was still a very two, respectable 119. The two shortened seasons were the best of his career. Or I don't know why one season was shortened. Maybe it was, well, or, COVID 2020. Oh, remember, no, no, no. 19, he came up. Yes. Remember, he came up in the second half of the well, year after he was down in the they minors. They set him down, and then yeah. he came back up. And then yeah. him and Castellanos had the second half. Yes. yes. And then 20 was COVID, so that was a short yeah. year. And then last year, it was 119, which yeah. is pretty respectable. I remember baseball stuff. Well, it's a miracle. Look at you. Oh, you like it more than you like to let on. Stop it. Let's say hi to... We're going to go here, Yerk. Matt in Highland Park has a... Uh, I think he's got a futures ticket He's he's sitting on. Hey, Matt. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How are you? Good, man. How Excellent. you doing? What's up? Great. In his last year, he's a free agent after this year. Matt, um, say that again. Your phone was broken up. Say that again. Ian Happ is a free agent after this year. This is his last year of arbitration. Okay. This is his last year of arbitration. Thank there you. you go. Thank you. Yes. Um, so, before the season, I uh, I took a shot, and I took the Eagles to win the Super Bowl at 20-1. to 1. Nice. So sick. It's a pretty substantial bet for me, at least. Um, and I am looking for some potential hedge, mm. you know, advice from y'all. Obviously, they have the first round by. I'm kind of right. nervous, you know. If the Giants beat the Vikings, that division game kind of scares me, but who knows. All right, what are their current uh, odds? What are their oh, current plus odds? Plus three, five. plus four five to one, one, maybe? Yeah, five to one. Okay, yeah. so they're five, five to, one. to one. You got it at 20 to one, right? Yeah. Correct. Say if, uh, say, I, I got to put an arbitrary number out there just so we can all work on it. Say you've got a five hundred dollar wager mm-hmm. at twenty to one, that'll win you ten thousand. So right. what do you have to bet at five and one five to one to, to win ten thousand dollars? A lot more. Well, how much you have to bet? That's what I'm asking. It's two thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Two thousand. Yeah. So what you're gonna be able to work on now is in between five hundred and two thousand, like sixteen hundred dollars is what that ticket's looking to be valued at if it was a five hundred dollar wager. So I got you in the sixteen hundred dollar range. So three to one on whatever you bet, or three and a half to one 
on whatever you bet is what you could probably end up getting back. You, you, you could try to sell it on PropSwap yeah. if you want and just see and go off of the numbers that we were just going on. They'll give you a yeah, guideline on what two, the fair market value right. is anyway. Or yeah, my, cash, my cash out feels a little disrespectful. What is so it? I, what is it? What, it's, well, I bet 50 to win a grand. Okay. Um, and my cash out's like 125. Well, so, yeah, and you, that's including the 50 you already bet. So you're right. only winning seventy five dollars. They are disrespecting yeah. you on your cash out right I now. I know, yes. I know. It's, because it's, that's so. Wait one week, let it all everything play out, and then their odds go down a little bit more. Okay, so the bye week, wait the bye week and see what happens when the divisional round comes in. That buy your your buyout should be a little bit better. Yeah, if they okay. win the divisional round for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm not even yeah. talking about winning the divisional round. I'm talking about waiting till this weekend's games are over. Look at it Get on Tuesday. Out, his buyout should be a little bit better because everything, the dust is settled. Yeah, but their odds probably won't change. Though. No, you don't know that. Okay, that, you don't, yeah, you that's don't true. know that. Matt, there, there you go. I mean, you can you can play it that If San way. Francisco loses, do you think their well, odds... Ju- okay, but that's, that's the That's a point. good point. You're right. So it depends what happens. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That if somehow Seattle were to go in there and win, yeah. then it's going to affect it. Yes. Yeah, that, that buyout seems a little light. That's off. That's off. If he told market. me if he told me it was one seventy five, right? I'd say, well, that's not bad. Three and a half well, off the original wager, yeah. right? Yeah, one fifty, one seventy five. That's where I have it at fair market yeah, value. That's right much now. closer to market yeah. value as it stands now. That seems pretty light. I, I don't disagree. Well, you got to wait. You got to be patient. That's unfortunately where you're at right now. Let's go to John in Kenosha. I think he wanted to follow up on something Jesse was saying about the Cubs. What's up, John? I just wanted to call. And talk to you guys. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I love you guys. Thanks for calling. But I just was kind of curious, if you look at the online publications about baseball, I'm just curious how you guys feel. Before the Dansby Swanson signing, the Cubs were pretty much getting an F for not spending all the money that they have. Then all of a sudden they get the fourth-best shortstop in there, (laughs) graded a B. And I guess my question is, is that really a, a proper answer? And should we ever be with a payroll for either Chicago team, half of the New York Yankees or the Mets? It's frustrating. I don't disagree with you, John. Uh, I I, I don't. I I think my frustrations have been, you know, look, they're they're well known. Uh, The Cubs probably even have less excuse to not spend. They own their own TV network at this point. I get the last couple years have been trying. Okay. You're the Cubs. You're in Chicago. Uh, I, you 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 should you should be a little upset. I voice my displeasure with the way the White Sox do business for a long time. I mean, you've got another golden opportunity. You could go out, you could spend some money, you can make your team better. And nah. and Benintendi's a fine signing, it is, but that gets you over the hump. Benintendi's two and a half wins. No, that's not going to get you over the hump. Of course not. So I'm looking at some early over under numbers in baseball. The White Sox are at eighty four and a half. That's where they got the White Sox, 84 and a half. They've added Benintendi's two and a half wins. Yeah, exactly. They got the, they get the Cubs at 78 wins. Uh, 78 wins for the boy, Cubs. Boy, so early. I haven't even half. thought about it. Right, at, you haven't yeah. thought of it. I just went and looked uh, yeah. it up real quick to see where they're at. And this is from just baseball. Mm-hmm. So this is where these numbers are coming from. So I'm throwing it out there to you. Mm-hmm. 84 and a half doesn't do it in the Central. 78 definitely doesn't do it in the NL Central. Mm-mm. So that's where people have everything at. 
Yeah, I mean, you should be upset and disappointed when you watch the way the New York teams spend money. Yeah. I mean, Los Angeles Dodgers spend money. Yes, they do. They've got the television contract. Well, theoretically, you've got a television contract, too, right? do have a television contract. By themselves? Yes. Yes. Why aren't they spending as much as the White Sox? That's your question. Yeah, they're not even doing that at this point. The White Sox are spending more money than the Chicago Cubs are. Still, even with Swanson and everything else, yes. I haven't looked. Yeah, yes. still spending more. I mean, the Sox are still going to be a top ten payroll, but I, I that doesn't for whatever reason that doesn't make me feel better. I don't think it's it's not doesn't satiate me in a way. I don't know. I yeah. mean, like you still could have gone out and addressed some of your issues if you would have want if you would have spent some money. They could have addressed issues a long time ago with Manny Machado. Maybe Manny played him and never really wanted to come here. Zach Wheeler didn't want to take their money. I, so I suppose you could counter what I'm saying. Uh, by throwing back at me, well, they have tried, and guys just have played them or didn't want their money. And what are you supposed to do? And I, I don't have a, I don't know what my retort would be to that. I, I wish Zach Wheeler would have taken their money. I wish they would have been. Maybe if they pressed harder for Manny, he would have taken them. Maybe he would have chose them. Maybe if the deals really were the same, he would have chose them. Maybe not. Maybe you should have gone after Bryce Harper a little bit harder. Maybe you should have thrown some money at Kyle Schwarber instead of thinking. A.J. Pollock was going to fix your problems, <laughs> for crying out loud. Right I now mean, in spot rack, right now in spot rack, the White Sox are 13th at 147, 716. The Sox are where? 666, 147. 716, 666. The Cubs are 14th at 146, 430. Mm, so they're right there. So the White Sox are outspending, and maybe it doesn't reflect the contracts that were signed today. By the two guys, well, I'm sure it does. White Sox, I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah. So maybe when they go ahead and throw those numbers back in there, now they might have we'll put see. an estimate in there. I don't know. It's 2023 total payroll as of today. No, I know. I know. I'm saying sometimes those sites will like try to estimate the ARB guys and what they're going to make because mm-hmm. they can get realistically and relatively close. They can get close. Yeah. I don't know though. If that's I'm, the I'm case. clicking on them right but you've now, you've added 16 million dollars or so. If you are okay, they don't have Dylan Cease in okay. there yet. So it's they've got no number and they got no number next to Giolito. So Sixteen. So you can add 16 million to that number. I just gave you the White Sox. So they're being they're outspending the Cubs by 17 million dollars right that, now. That's it. They're outspending by 17. Million. Yeah. You want to know who else? And Ian Happ still has to get a deal. They got no money on Kopech. So that number's obviously going to rise. Jake Berger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? As I go through the whole lineup. Yep. Subby. Subby Zavala. Subby Zavala. Hello, Subby. How are you? It's good to see Subby Zavala. Reynaldo Lopez. So the guys that are under contract, they have. First year eligible for Kopech, too. That's right. It's flying by, Yurk, all of a sudden. That window starts to close quick. I told you that, eligible. I told you that. I know. I told you the window. Is it is it open or is it closing? I mean, it opened real quick, and, and now, now it's starting it's, to come uh, back down. They're starting to move it down. Yeah. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Getting ready for Wild Card Weekend. I got a few other numbers to throw at Yurko. Bulls back in action tonight against Shea Gilgis and the Thunder. Bulls will try to uh, get back in the W column. I wonder if DeMar's playing tonight. You see uh, the other night when Zach uh, went to take a two when they were down three? Did you hear about that, Yurko? Yeah, I heard about that. Here comes Lapine. Oh, here comes Lapine. 
play it straight up. They are going to play it straight up. Levine inside the three. He goes for two. And that'll do it. They're giving Levine a hard time. I, I think he explained it exactly the way I saw it and others saw it that night, though. They tried to follow him. And the refs didn't call it. The refs really have uh, kind of screwed the Bulls a little yeah. bit here in the last handful of games. Uh, who is it, DeLon Wright, I want to say? And he even said after the game, oh, we were trying to follow him on the floor. They had to follow the game. I think Zach thought he was getting fouled, and he just, at that point... He tried to go for a three-point. Yeah, by, by making the two, you get the whatever. one to get three points if you're down three. But I also think he thought, that's a foul. The whistle's going to blow. We're going to have to do this all over again. And then yeah. it never happened, and he takes like an 18-footer, and they're down three, and then the clock expired, and everybody's giving him a hard time. But... I think that's what he was thinking, and I don't blame him. I they, they, the Washington was clearly trying to foul. Yeah, it was Rodney Mott. I think it was, was just standing there with a whistle in his mouth. So. Dick Mott's kid. It's it's not Dick Mott's kid. Rodney is it, Mott, not is Mata. it Dick Mott's boy? Hey, Dick. It's not Dick Mott. Your son. He blew the call. A couple other things on the NFL, Yerk. What do you got? Uh, this first weekend has really been a weekend for the underdogs in recent years. Not last year. But I'll give you a couple of data sets here, just in case you're interested, okay? If you go back uh, 2015 through 2020, that is the COVID year, so that year was a little weird because right. there were no, stand, no fans in the stands, right, Eric? I agree. But if you go 2015 through 2020, the dogs on Wild Card Weekend went, are you ready for this? I am. A whopping 18-8 and eight against the number. 18-8. Yeah. and eight. Now, last year... There was a major correction. Uh, correction: The dogs on Wild Card Weekend went just one and five. Didn't do anything. But if you're counting and adding it up since 2015, so what is that? Seven seasons worth of data, right? Dogs on the opening weekend on Wild Card Weekend are 19 and 13 against the spread. That's still, still pretty you know, good. 60%. You're making money. And 19 and 13 good. against yeah. the number. And as we peruse the dogs, I don't know that one screams like, yes, this is the one you have to bet. A lot of sharp money coming in on the Ravens, especially, you know, if that thing gets to 10, if it's double digits, if Hundley's playing, and John Harbaugh getting that many points as a division dog, third time they're going to be playing Cincinnati, obviously. Um, maybe makes a little sense Cincinnati there. is the better team, though. Without we do question. Agree with that. Yeah. And they've got the better quarterback. Now, they're down two starting offensive linemen. That's never easy. They lost Lyle Collins in Week 16 to a torn ACL. They lost Alex Kappa last week with an ankle injury. He will not play this weekend. So that's never easy, but uh, they just they got a lot that they can throw at you. And Burrow's something, man. He's just he's he's the new Joe Cool. He's the yeah. modern day he's the modern day Joe Cool. I, it's hard to make an argument for the Dolphins, even though it's a lot of points. They're just beat half to hell. I, I'm not. Yurko making, likes the Jags. Yeah, I'm it's not a little making, bit of a dog. I'm not. Well, I like the Jags money line and Tampa money line. Yeah, Tampa's not well, the favorite dogs, either, right? Two dogs. Now those so are like, short dogs, but right. You're right. Yeah, but I I I like them. I like both of those teams winning outright. They're at home, underdogs. I like both of them winning outright. But I would put a play on all the dogs. You could probably go four and two if I had to guess. Bet them on their own. No yeah, parlay. on their own. Yeah, no bet parlay. them all on their own. Bet them, bet them on their own. You realize, uh, you know what's unique about, and I don't know about unique, but do you know what every matchup has in common? No. In, this, in these six games? Every one of them is a rematch of a game during the regular season. Oh. Now, a couple, in few instances, we have division games. So, of course. Right. You You're going to have that. You've got a third time, Seattle, San Francisco, um, Baltimore, and uh, Cincinnati, M- Buffalo, and Miami. These are all division. You know, This is the third time these teams are playing. But right. every game is a rematch of a game during the regular season this weekend. I can offer you this. We used to beat up on Detroit in the playoffs. First round every year, we played Detroit in 93. We played them in 94. 
How'd you do in the regular season against them? We'd split each, each they time. They always say split. it's hard to beat a team three times. Do you agree with that? I think it is, yeah. I think it's think more it's difficult. Hard? Yes. So, like, that comes into play for Seattle, San Francisco. The Niners won the first two games. They won them pretty convincingly. They were plus 20. What were they? They were Except plus 28 in scoring differential. In 1999, if you're Tennessee playing Jacksonville, the only three losses were against were against Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. And one of them was in the, uh, in the playoff game. Jeez. That's wild. Yeah, Jacksonville. And that's when Jeff Fisher made the joke that uh, Jacksonville's like a home stadium for us. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Let's say hi to Not Tom. a lot of joy. Not a lot of joy. Tom Coughlin and that Bill. one. Uh, speaking of one of your former guys and coaches, I'll give you another story update here in a minute. But let's say hi to Tom and Homewood. What's up, Tom? Thank you, guys. Love your show. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm giving out my uh, lock of the week. Let's hear it. I love it. Locks of the week? Play. Come on. Can I, can I ask a couple of questions though, before I give it out? Sure. sure. Absolutely. Okay, I was born and raised in uh, Chicago, our great world-class city here. Cameron, where were you born and raised? Uh, I mean, here, Berwyn, Naperville. We went to college here, never left, never lived anywhere but here. Okay, what's, and what city are you uh, currently right a now? A resident of Western Springs, Illinois. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, well, well, where's your office that you're sitting in right now? What Chicago. City? Chicago. Well, see, now, Carmen, you say Chicago. Now, why does Yurko say Chicago? I don't know. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because he's not from Chicago. Because everybody who's from Chicago says Chicago, not Chicago. You, you guys realize that, right? I don't know. Yurko's from here, though. Well, hold on, though. I was born in Germany. <laughs> you came here when you were I was still born in Germany. Six months old. Well, I think his point was he asked where you were born, Carl. You said here. <laughs> okay. I was born in Germany. And yeah, okay, well, well, I did come right? here when I jumped. So I grew up in Calumet City on the south side. Ah. Okay, so you're like a Chicago guy. Of course but, he is. Well, so how come when how come when I could listen to when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin mm. and the young beach guy at the end of the song is going I'm going down to Chicago, how come he says it the right way and you still say Chicago? Because I'm going to say it the way I want to say it. <laughs> right, Chicago. What are the? I love a great song by the way. When the Chicago. levee breaks. What? It doesn't make a difference Chicago. to me. It's Chicago. I, it's okay, Chicago. Regardless, what are the locks of the week, Tom? Yeah. What are the locks, <laughs> Tom? You're a linguist. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, think about it. I will Everybody, now. That you, now I'm gonna. Not, I, I'm gonna think about it all the time. Now it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> He's a linguist. Oh, everybody! Everybody outside of Chicago says Chicago, so it's like two different. When you go to a dentist, you say ah, but like a uh, crow says oh, so Chicago. You know what I mean? But, okay, so right, give us your lock of the week. I got you, Chicago. <laughs> okay, lock of the week. I've got uh, Brock Purdy over 1.5 touchdowns. Okay, because hmm. December 4th against Miami, he threw two. December 11th against Tampa Bay, he threw two. December 15th against Seattle, he threw two. December 24th against Washington, he threw two. January 1st against Vegas, he threw two. In his last game against Arizona, he threw three. He threw three. I, th- I, I see, I see the uh, trend, Tommy. I like it. The only thing that scares me about that game in the offense is what the weather might be like. But no, I would probably tend to agree. You're probably laying a little juice on that, I would think, on over one and a half Brock Purdy touchdowns. Kid's been good, Yerk. You know, um, since stepping in for Jimmy G, you ready? Five and a half yeah. games, Brock Purdy, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, Yerk. Since becoming the starter in week 14, you ready? Yeah. Quarterback four out of 25 qualified quarterbacks with at least 100 plays in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. I believe he's got the top passer rating in that time span from week 14. So advanced analytics, like old Purdy. school analytics. Like Purdy's been yeah. good now. The Niners haven't played a murderer's row of defenses, only right. one Defense 
ranked inside the top 10 in that stretch. The average defensive DVO rank of their opponents is 20th. So what do you got? Six games on Purdy? pretty well. Yeah, six games on Purdy. Five and a half. Purdy um, Purdy also kind of... uh, coincided his entrance with Christian McCaffrey kind of taking a bigger role, That's too. That's a good right? point. It helps. So It helps. I think that kind of worked well hand-in-hand, hand, but Purdy's been a wonderful surprise for the San Francisco incredible. 49ers. Mr. Irrelevant. Incredible. Absolutely. Iowa State, right? Cyclone, Iowa State. That's yes. where he comes from? Correct. Last pick in the draft? Last pick. Good for San Francisco. They got this going on. And uh, I think it's good for Jimmy G. I think his season was good enough when they look at it, and he goes into the free agent market that somebody will look at him and say, hey, there's a chance that we got ourselves a quarterback right here with Jimmy G. Mike North has the bonus play coming up next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. sure you check out the latest Odds Couple podcast that is available now. You can just listen on demand. Get the ESPN Chicago app. It's free. It's easy. You can catch the show tonight after Tyler Rocky. Tyler's on 6 to 8 after Waddle Tyler's. and Sylvie. And then uh, we'll have Odds Couple on the air 8 till 9 tonight. And then tomorrow morning, 8 until 9 for the Encore Replay. But like I said, you can get it on demand. Plus, there is a brand new Crosstalk Unhinged that dropped today. We taped that with Waddle and Sylvie. This morning as well. So we uh, lots of great content on the ESPN Chicago app. Mike and I broke down all six wildcard games. We didn't spend too much time on the game in Orchard Park for obvious reasons, as we've discussed. It's just not a very appealing or intriguing matchup because of all the injuries uh, that the Dolphins are dealing with and have dealt with, primarily with their starting quarterback, who really did play well for huge stretches of the season. Just uh, unfortunately, Porto has had those three concussions and just can't play. Um, certainly not again this year. So that matchup's not very sexy, and it didn't really require a deep dive. But Mike and I touched on all six games, and we gave you some best plays. Jim Miller gave you ponies, three stakes races yeah. uh, down south. One at Fairgrounds, one at Oaklawn, and one at Gulfstream. So you can uh, on listen. On Saturday. In, yes, on Saturday. You can listen and uh, get all of Jimmy's picks. He's been money. Uh, for oh so long with us. So let's bring in Mike for the bonus play now. He is at North to North on Twitter, and he joins us every Friday with a little uh, extra bonus action. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, Yerks? What's going on, Carm? The world How is good. Doing, NFL playoffs have arrived, my friend. It's good time. Yeah, I already listened to the podcast. Hilarious, funny. Can we win something? We will. They were 60% during the uh, playoffs the last four years. Awesome. So uh, I, I expect us to do well. But you know what? Today's not about the NFL. And you say, well, what's it about? I say, well, it's about golf. Okay? <laughs> I love it. Because, yeah, it's nighttime golf. I mean, it's really, when you see the state of some of the TV channels now, nighttime golf is a welcome. It really is. And especially if you have some action. And I figured something out. You know, back in the day, I think, uh, Yerk, you might be familiar. Maybe you are, Carm. They used to call, like, a private investigator a gumshoe. Yes. Okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I gotta, I'm sort of like a gumshoe when it comes to this. I try to figure it out how the heck you can win at golf. Well, so far I'm 3-0 and by one simple deal. I look at who's a golfer I heard of, and he's favored by 115 or less against the golfer I have. Yesterday, for instance, Adam Scott was minus 115 against a guy named J.T. Polston, who's playing well today also. But he's not a household name plus 105. I decided to take him. It was another win, and he ends up beating 
Scott three to two. Well, the same thing's going to hold true tonight. So get your pencils and score. I love this. Ready, I folks. love the analytic breakdown on this too. All right. No, there's no doubt about I love this. this. This is what it's all about. I mean, there's guys that got computers. I got a yellow <laughs> pad and, and my thoughts, which, which are scary half the time. Here we go. Stuart Sink. We all know him. Oh, yeah. I, I, he's the only guy that ever won a major I, I couldn't stand because he beat Tom Watson, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Watson was going to be the oldest guy ever, he came from behind. He good, did, did a good job, but he's minus 115. Now, if I asked you or your Zach Blair, no. I'd say, is Zach Blair a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies? <laughs> is he an actor on a soap series, or is he a golfer? I, I think maybe I'm you've go- heard of him. Maybe you haven't. Have you heard of him? No, like Zach Blair. I'm going soap no opera idea. star. Yeah, soap opera star for sure. Okay, Stuart Sink, major winner, minus one fifteen. Zach Blair on the ten cent line, plus one oh five. Uh, that match starts at four twenty. It'd be probably on the Golf Channel. Oh, it will be on the Golf Channel. So that's my pick for today. And let's see if we can get another win like Zach that. Zach Blair, I love it. It's fantastic. Good stuff, uh, Mikey. Zach Blair, we'll t- baby. He's going to be famous next week. Let's maybe. go, Zach Blair. Uh, we'll talk to you next Friday, buddy. All right, guys. See you, Mike. Care. All right, Mike, Mike North at North North on Twitter. My golf round on the West Coast is Seamus Power. Seamus Power. Seamus Power. Now I've heard of Seamus Power. Seamus Power had himself a West Coast trip last year. Seamus And then Power. as he got into Florida, and then as he got into the rest of the country, not so good. Not so good the rest of the year. But early on, Seamus Power's playing golf. Yeah, playing So golf. I expect him in Hawaii. They're at Sony Open, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, they're, they're on Oahu. Was that la- what was last was weekend? That la- I thought Kapalua was. Oh, last maybe Kapalua and this Kapalua Sony this, this weekend. The Sony, and then they come to California. Uh, Got to be honest, I don't get into golf quite yet. Let, let um, football end, and then I'll get into golf. Seamus Power sounds like a Will Ferrell character. Yeah, it kind of does. does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. He's or from a porn you know, star. He's from Irish. Seamus Power. He's from Ireland. He's, he's Irish. He's from Irish. Yeah, he's from Irish. He's from Ireland. He's from the oh. fighting. Hey, uh, let's okay. get back to how come my chops are getting busted for the way I say Chicago. I, I don't know. I don't know I either. I never really thought about it. That I never much. thought about it either. Chicago. I say Chicago. I didn't know there was a correct way. I don't know I that just there know is. I call... mean, what is our guy, Noam Chomsky? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I know not to call Illinois, Illinois. Well, yeah, that's obvious. It's Illinois. It's Illinois. There you go. So, I don't know. I, uh, I again, I've never put too much thought into that. It mm-hmm. can't be that because you were born in Germany because you came here when you were six months old. I was born in Deutschland and I came here. Maybe when I was it's two the way old. you heard your parents say it because they spoke with accents. Could be, could be. And I was around accented people the, the early portion of my life. You know, like that's what I mean. Maybe yeah. that's why you say it different. Or if anybody says it differently, it's because know. they heard a lot of heavy accents. I when grew they were up in up? Calumet City and I call Calumet City correctly. So, yeah, yeah. I call it Cal- I call it Calumet City. But I mean, that- how do you say Milwaukee? I say Milwaukee. I say Alice Milwaukee. Cooper. Yeah, Milwaukee. I mean, which way is correct? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Timothy Calumet City. Calumet City. Yeah. yeah. No. In or fact, Calumet. <laughs> isn't Milwaukee in any name? Well, yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> it's so great. Um, can I? Go ahead and do Can what I you say want. something real quick and I that I have I don't care say something. And I'm kind of going against not 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 that I'm going protocol, against this person's protocol. wishes so much but I want to acknowledge that because and I've had a few people ask too. Where's Merck been? How come you guys haven't talked to Merck? Randy Merkin has moved on from the radio station and I wanted to acknowledge that because Merck meant a lot to us meant a lot to us for a lot of years here. Randy, uh, as typical Randy, you know, uh, especially if you know him. Didn't want to go away gig. He didn't want to party. He wanted no fanfare. 
Nothing to do with anything. As he was going to explore some different things and different opportunities right now. He wanted no fanfare. And the last day we were here together was the Thursday before the holiday, before New Year with Sylvia. And I said, come on, Merkel. And he goes, nope, not about me. I'm moving on. I'm doing some different things. Don't worry about it. I said, Merck, it's not right. And so I, I hope I'm not going against his wishes too much. But a few people have asked, and I have felt awkward over the last two weeks not at least saying something. I don't even know how many years it was. Merck, I'm guessing, spent about 15 years with us here. And he's been in the radio I, business forever. I'd say about right. 15, right about 15 yeah. years. And uh, he's one of the my favorite people that I've ever come across in this business for a lot of reasons. I don't know that I've ever come across anyone in radio that has uh, as generous and as big of a heart as Randy. That's for sure. I mean, he genuinely cares uh, about the people he worked with. Um, and I just wanted to acknowledge that Merck has moved on and he's going to be doing some other things. He's still selling the book, by the way. I think he's got a book signing coming up soon, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I just I wanted to say something about Randy and how much I appreciated working with him for so long. Uh, he's just a character and he was fun. We love busting Randy's chops. He wore it as well as anybody. Yep. I mean, and, and he busted knew, back a little bit, oh, too. And he did, and, but Merck knew how to take it. Right. He was funny. Yep. Uh, his Rolodex is second to none. Mm-hmm. And not his Rolex, his Rolodex. Rolodex. And yes. he was, I just, I love Merck a lot, and he was a, a joy to be around, and we he, wish him the best. He wore a Timex. He wore a Casio, I think is what he was wearing. And I mean, listen, not many, you know, everybody's got unique writing styles. Carl Heisen. Yeah, he's going to bust his balls. All, 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 you know, Carl Heisen. You know, all the greats that you got Clancy. Yeah, you know, you're going to bust his balls on the yeah, way out. Yeah, listen, he's got his own unique writing style. I've never seen uh, the use of adjectives so sparingly <laughs> as it is with Randy Merkin. And I'm telling you, I can't wait for the next book. But part two. Yeah. going to be behind the glass part, part two. Part two. Part two. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm sorry, I just I didn't want uh, another day or week to go by without right. acknowledging Randy's contributions to this place over the years. And he's just a great dude. And uh, I love you, Randy. surprised you didn't bury that Friday night at 7. <laughs> like the rest of them. No. No, you're right. I can't to see this guy. Right. I swear to best. God, this guy. No, Randy was the best. He's Absolutely. the best. And yeah. we love you, Randy. Good man. Uh, he's a good man. Great. He's the best. Waddle and Sylvia are going to be down for a crosstalk. We'll see what they got cooking to get you home today. Scott from Aurora has the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have a last word. On Carmen and Yuriko. Trevor Lawrence has never lost a Saturday game in high school, college, or the NFL.